Okay. Hey there, friends. It's Nick. I want to talk about, there's this weird thing that when we talk about stories in business, when I talk to people, they all, they all get the power of them. They get the importance of storytelling. Everyone says it, but there's not many people, particularly leaders who could articulate why. And I wanted to just, I wanted to drop a big clue. I mean, you know, if you've been listening to podcasts for a while, this may not come as a massive shock to you, but it's important, I think, that we remind ourselves of what we've learned before. I've been reminding myself over the past couple of days of the book Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. Of course, Cialdini is a, I think he's an emeritus professor now of psychology at the University of Arizona. He wrote this book back in 1984 called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion that at the time when it was published, didn't do much. And then over time, gradually became this massive monumental bestseller, Persuasion, his sequel from, I think, I want to say 2016, 17, something like that, was the kind of a follow-up. And it was in the first book, he'd, he'd come upon these six principles that he talked about in terms of influencing other people's behavior. In the second one, he was really talking about this idea that the thing that we do right before the decision is made, you know, if we, if we're selling something, we might create a particular moment, he called them privileged moments where the recipient or our target, if you like, if you want to be that way, is more likely to say yes. And. The, the examples in the book, some of the examples in the book, they absolutely blow my mind. And I think they give us an idea about why story is so powerful, but let's just look at four of them. So he talks about how if someone writes down a big number on a piece of paper, they are more likely to buy a more expensive box of chocolates, for example, which is mad, right? Because one thing's got nothing to do with the other. And I think it might have been Dan Ariely's books, one of those books, you know, he had an experiment where he got his undergraduates to write down their social security number and then like estimate the value of something. And the people that had larger social security numbers were more likely to estimate this value as a larger amount than those with smaller. And again, it's not related. So likewise, there's another, um, experiment talked about in the, uh, persuasion book about how playing French music in a supermarket makes it more likely that people are, are going to buy a bottle of French wine, which is also, you know, I mean, it, we can see the connection there, right? But it doesn't really make any sense that it would be big enough, or at least we don't think of it. We think of ourselves as rational people. We don't think of it as being big enough to influence our behavior, but it does. In fact, that research was done by the guy who led the psychology department when I was doing my business psychology, uh, diploma thing at the Harriet Watt university. I can't remember its name. Sorry, fella, but, um, fascinating piece of research. So likewise, if you, if you ask someone whether they're adventurous, do you think of yourself as adventurous? That person in data-driven trials was more likely just being asked that question. It didn't really matter what the answer was, but just being asked that question made it more likely that they would try an untested product. Even something as simple. This is the one that really blows my mind. If we hand someone a warm drink, a hot drink, studies show that they will actually rate us more warmly 
than if we'd handed them a cold drink or nothing at all, which again blows my mind. And it's what we're talking about here, of course, is associations, right? Because our brains are kind of associating machines. We know they're storytelling machines, um, but they're associating machines. And what all of these things are doing are connecting one thing with another thing, even though the connection isn't really relevant, but it just shows us how the kind of the landscape of the unconscious bleeds into our decision-making brain. And this, of course, is the big hint about why storytelling is so powerful because, you know, well-crafted stories aren't small. They take us over. You know, they command attention. They direct attention. They focus attention. And it's one of the things that Cialdini talks about in, in his book, how the really effective persuaders that he interviewed and studied and did research on they were focused on creating the kind of the, creating the fertile earth before they asked their question, before they tried to make their sale, whatever it was, they would look for ways to link themselves to positive, you know, uh, one of the guys, one of the salesmen, he used to, he used to, he'd go into a house. This was the most successful salesman. Cialdini talks about this at the start of the book, fascinating story. He would go into a house to sell to the, the owners and halfway through the sales process, he'd say, oh no, sorry, I've forgotten something. I've left something in the car. Can I, do you mind if I just, I don't want to interrupt you. Let me just nip out and nip back in again. Are you okay if I see myself out and let myself back in? And sometimes of course that meant that you'd been given a set of keys so he could do that. And this happened every time. And the reason he finally explained it to Cialdini when he, when he was asked is because we associate trust with people who can come and go from our house. Even that small thing, the guy hadn't changed the pitch. He hadn't changed the product. He was selling the same as all the other people in his, in his sales team, but he was doing the best. And part of it was because when we allow someone to come and go as they please in our house, even just that one time. We subconsciously associate them with trust. So when we think about stories, when we think about the power to shape the landscape, the kind of the, the, the conscious landscape inside someone's head to lead their attention, to lead their focus to the things that we want them to be focused on, very often things that will put us in the best light or put our product or our service or our argument in the best light. No wonder stories can be so powerful because they are they're taking these tiny signals and they're amplifying them to a massive degree. And that's why stories mean business, right? That's why your story means business when you get it right. And if you want to dig deeper into the stuff that I do, search online for story.business. Bye now.